Glad to have with us uh, somebody I have on the program a lot. I like him to co-host the show with me now and then. Today's one of those days. Brad Bannon runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm, and they help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. He is a regular contributor to TheHill.com, also senior advisor to and contributing editor for TillerForYou.com. They're a social media network for politics, and he lectures in poli-sci at Salem State University in Salem, Mass. More than a pleasure to have back. Brad Bannon is in the house. Hey, Brad, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Leslie. How are you today? I'm, 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 I'm doing good. Thank you for being with us. Well, let's talk about Trump ending a DACA and giving Congress a window to save it. It's very weird. I was listening to NPR on my way to the studio just a few minutes ago, and I live in Southern California in a state that's extremely liberal, uh, that did not like Trump and is extremely high with a Hispanic population and the largest undocumented um, population and uh, probably the largest dreamer population as well. Um, having said that, there you know there are some people that felt that Obama you know overreached and, and not just people on the right. Uh, then again, this is an area poll show that even Republicans feel that those dreamers, have been unfairly and unnecessarily um, targeted. So first of all, let's talk about motivation. I think that we all know that top of mind for most people uh, as in recent days was the hurricane and uh, tropical storm of Harvey in Houston and rebuilding that city. For some, it's even building the wall because that's something Trump talked about. Is Trump ending DACA, even though he gives Congress the window to save it, and we'll talk about that, um, just more of undoing anything Barack Obama did? In other words, is it almost, is this beyond political? Because the, this group of individuals are not taking jobs or positions away. They're not negatively impacting the economy. They're not like, you know, you know, you know, hugely, uh, you know, committing uh, violent crimes. In, in other words, th- this population has done nothing to steer the focus um, of the president, his administration, our Congress, and our tax dollars uh, at this time. Would you agree? I would agree. Uh, and DACA uh, had uh, two targets pasted on uh, on its back, uh, according to the president. Uh, first of all, you're right. Uh, he tends to undo anything Barack Obama did. Uh, and two, if you're trying to predict with the kind of decision Donald Trump's going to make, he always plays to his base. Uh, and if you look at, you know, maybe the 35 percent hardcore Trumpites in this country, um, they probably uh, they probably like uh, the president's action. Uh, and he, he when he has a choice between taking a moderate position in a position that will satisfy his rabid right wing base, he always goes to the right wing base. Uh, very true. Um, but this is something that even son-in-law, who's more of a moderate, um, there was a discussion on Fox uh, earlier today, um, just a little bit ago, that I was involved in a debate. And, and the question surrounded, you know, and, and also there are articles out there with the, the headline, um, you know, the moderates lost this one. Would, would you say that's true? Did the moderates lose this one so far? Are moderates in the White House uh, lose this with regard to the president and his actions here? 
Oh, God, yes, they got their clock clean. But, they, you know, the so-called moderates in the White House get their clock clean uh, every time the president makes a decision. Uh, so I don't think the moderates, so-called moderates, have any power in the White House. Uh, again, Donald Trump will always go the way he feels his rabid right-wing base will go. And, uh, you know, the moderates in the White House, if they are moderates, have absolutely no power at all. So why is this a target? I mean, politically, this doesn't help the president and his approval rating. It doesn't help many Republicans in the House and Senate, especially those that have a heavy Latino district. Um, And, you know, this obviously does not solve the immigration problem. I mean, the overwhelming number of people in this country that are undocumented aren't dreamers and aren't covered by DACA. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's a har- you know, his action today, I, I think, is horrible. Let's put this in context here. What we're talking about here are people who came to the United States with their parents uh, before they were 16 years old. Yeah, wait, so, wait. I want to, uh, Brad. I want to interrupt you one second. On the way in, when I said NPR, this is what one guy said. He said. I didn't commit a crime. I didn't cross a border illegally. At least I didn't know. And he said, my parents said, get in the car. I was five. I got in the car in Mexico, and I got out of the car in Orange County. And that's where we lived and still live to this day. He said, as far as I knew, we moved. (laughs) Yeah, these are little kids. You're right. They had absolutely no choice. Their parents made a decision uh, to come to the United States, and naturally they brought their children with them. And, you know, these kids could have been two, three, or four years old, uh, and you're absolutely right. They had no choice in the matter. They came here with their parents. Uh, And the other thing that's important to remember, DACA only applies to people uh, who are in school, uh, have uh, a school degree or have ser- uh, served in the armed forces. And also, they have to have a clean criminal record. So none of these people, and I think there are about 800,000 of them, uh, have either are either in school, have a degree, or served in the United States Armed Forces, and they've not committed a crime, because otherwise they would have been deported already. Um, yes, very true. And what happens now? I mean, we have had a divided uh, Congress in the past. We have had a you know Democratic majority, and now we have a Republican majority. And even those within the Republican Party can't seem to agree on the right way to handle this. What do you think is going to happen? Well, let's first of all let's let's talk about this. Can Congress come to an agreement? And what type of an agreement do you think they'll come to? And if they can't, what happens to these dreamers? What happens to those covered under DACA? Well. I hate to take the pessimistic view, uh, but I don't think Congress is going to do anything uh, because it is sharply divided. Uh, if the, the the congressional leadership, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, uh, design a plan uh, that is relatively moderate and a compromise, uh, the hardcore right-wing conservatives in Congress can block it. Uh, so, honestly, I don't know how it gets passed. And the short answer to your last question uh, is these 800,000 people are going to be, through no fault of their own, are going to be deported. Um, and when we say deported, 
what then happens? Do their parents get deported as well? Because obviously one or both parents brought them here. Well, yes. I mean, right now, Donald Trump could deport their parents, and he will. Uh, so uh, essentially what's going to happen is that uh, uh, these kids are going to be deported in the same way their parents are going to be deported, despite the fact they may have come to this country uh, when they're two or three years old. Uh, they kept their nose clean and either in school or served in the armed forces. Sorry, you're out of here. We're talking 800,000 people. Do we have the resources uh, physically and financially to even, uh, you know, have such a deportation, not to mention all of the family members? Um, And by the way, some of these dreamers who came here as children, um, uh, some of these dreamers who, you know, came here as children, uh, you, you never know. And I know somebody may say, well, under 16 may have a child here themselves. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, these are, again, people came here as a young, at a young, and very young age because they came with their parents. They didn't make a decision to come to the United States. They went to where their parents went. And not only these people did not come to the United States of their own volition, but there are also people uh, who don't have a criminal record, uh, who are veterans of the armed forces, uh, or have some kind of education degree. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're all deportable now, unless Congress comes up with a alternative plan, which I'm rather dubious about. Uh, it's sad. And to answer your other question, I don't think the United States government has the resources uh, to deport um, these 800,000 people. So how this is going to get managed, I have absolutely no idea. My guess is it's going to cause complete chaos. Um, We're going to uh, be taking a break here, and we'll talk more with Brad. If you want to join us, pick up the phone to do so, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Back with Brad, back with you after this. Check out Brad's website, BannonCR.com. On Twitter, follow him there, at Brad Bannon, B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N, no relation to Steve. And Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Brad.Bannon1. I'm Leslie Marshall. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. We'll be back. Call us at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6LESLIE. We are back with Brad Bannon, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research and a professor of poli-sci at Salem State University, contributor to thehill.com. We're talking about DACA. Brad, let's take a call. Let's go to Reggie in Decatur, Georgia. Sorry, got something in my throat here. Reggie, good afternoon. Welcome. Question or comment for Brad? Well, I have a question for Brad. Why didn't? Why doesn't anybody try to stop this man from doing what he's what he's doing? Will the Republicans have enough backbone to find to stand up to the president about DACA or concerning DACA or referring to DACA? And uh, will most of them stand against him or uh, take his marching orders, so to speak? Well, uh, Reggie, uh, the answer to your question is when uh, President Obama signed the executive order creating this DACA in 2015, I remember watching him on TV uh, discuss DACA just after he signed the executive order. And he said, uh, this is only fair. Uh, Some of these people, let's say, you know, you have someone who came to this country at two with their parents. 
They went on, got a high school degree. Then maybe they served a tour or two in Afghanistan or Iraq. Six months from now, that person can be deported. It's grossly unfair. Now, the problem is, uh, when President Obama signed the executive order, he said this is only a temporary fix. We need Congress to pass comprehensive immigration reform uh, to deal with all these problems. Uh, and Congress never did. Uh, and it's one president can uh, undo an executive order signed by a previous president. I uh, hope that answers well, your question. Uh, I hope that answers your question, Reggie. Thank you. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. Thank you for your uh, call. Any other questions or comments? Pick up the phone and join us. Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Now, uh, talking about the protections for these nearly eight hundred thousand uh, undocumented immigrants, um, since DACA was enacted five years ago, these people have had the protections. Uh, these people. You know, because now they were protected, you know, from DACA, they've started families, they've pursued careers, they've studied in schools and universities throughout the United States. Um, We have seen the business community, Tim Cook at Apple specifically said that, you know, he was not, you know, he he was he was going to try and protect those, you know, who work for him uh, that were protected originally uh, up until today, in a sense, uh, under DACA. And um, there are. you know, a lot of people very sympathetic that these people that came here as children, babies even, have never known any other home uh, than the United States. So what happens if they are enrolled in a university? What happens if they, uh, you know, are working? Is there anything that a person like Tim Cook can do to protect these people? Or can they continue to employ and pay them and just hope that ICE doesn't come knocking on their door? The only thing that can protect these people, even if they, you know, a college graduate, have a good job paying taxes, the only thing that can protect them is Congress passing a new version of DACA. Otherwise, uh, you know, the government has a right to deport these people. And it's, I think it's horrifying. Uh, and I think one of the hopes I have, and it's only a hope, is you're right about business groups. Business groups love DACA. And the reason they do is because they need these people to work in their companies. And I hope one thing that happens is that the business community, like the National Chamber of Commerce, uh, puts pressure on the Republicans in Congress uh, to reenact this uh, program, uh, because if Congress doesn't, it's going to cause economic chaos, especially, you know, places like where you live, Leslie, in Southern California. It's going to be an economic disaster for Southern California. Oh, absolutely. Now, something that you said that some people may cringe with um, is, you know, the, the you know these people have jobs, you know, these people are in schools, et cetera. Uh, There were those that were against DACA or that are pro-Trump that look at these kids as taking places, you know, seats at desks in schools and universities um, or even in schools that aren't higher education um, that in the public school district they're paying for. In other words, they're paying for this illegal to be at that desk is their mindset. Um, And then for those uh, that are not in, um, you know, a public school, but you know, say they're out here like at a UCLA or something, there are individuals that think, well, you know, my kid didn't get into UCLA and that person did and my kid is here, you know, legally and was born here. 
And, and then those, uh, you know, who, who you said the businesses want them and want to protect them in their jobs. But there are those that would say, well, that's a job that, you know, you know, me or my kid could have had. Uh, are we really going to see so many uh, such a shift if, God forbid, these 800,000, uh, you know, uh, kids who came here as children um, are deported? I mean, that is a, that, that is a huge number. But, you know, are these is it just going to be this huge amount of seats uh, available in universities and huge amount of job openings? And in, in other words, is this something that Americans will truly feel a shift of in, in their benefit as they think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's going to cause economic chaos, uh, and it's going to have all sorts of adverse economic consequences, which is why business groups across the country want to maintain DACA. I mean, my favorite example is uh, three, years, three or four years ago, the state of Alabama passed a law that made it uh, illegal for anyone to hire uh, an undocumented immigrant. So what happened was... Brad, hold that, hold that, hold that, hold that. We'll talk about what happened after this. My sorry, my apologies. Asking such a long question. We'll be back with Brad Bannon and with you after this. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We are talking about DACA. And, Brad, I'm sorry to have interrupted you uh, before we had to get to break. Uh, uh, please uh, continue and finish up the point that you were making. Well, uh, let me give you an example, Leslie, of the kind of economic chaos uh, that will come about. Uh, three or four years ago, the state of Alabama passed a law that said that no company, no one could hire any undocumented immigrant. It would be a crime. So what happened was... Uh, that uh, that year, uh, you know, farmers in Alabama could not find anybody to harvest their crops because migrant workers had always done the harvesting, and they couldn't get anybody to replace the migrant workers. So essentially that year, uh, the state of Alabama and farmers lost millions of dollars uh, in crop that never got harvested. That's a sign of what you could see in Southern California and Texas and Florida and uh, any other places where there are a large number of dreamers. I want to talk about this um, uh, timeline as well, but before, um, the administration announced a plan to continue renewing permits for anyone whose status expires in the next six months, and that is the time, six months, that it gives Congress uh, to act, correct? Um, yes, six uh, months. Okay, and, uh, you know, he also, the president said, quote, we must also have heart and compassion for unemployed, struggling, and forgotten Americans. Are these unemployed Ameri- are we going to see all these people unemployed or even a chunk of them in the position that these dreamers are in now? Because that seems to be the mindset. You know, get rid of these dreamers and our kids will have, you know, more slots in schools and even more so will have they're taking jobs from us. They're taking places in the classroom. That's what I was really trying to address with my question earlier. Um, uh, you know, it, it, is it is it what those who oppose DACA perceive it to be? Uh, well, the reality is uh, Americans won't do a lot of the jobs that these dreamers are doing. Uh, and 
you know, what happened in Alabama is a good example. Not only did the migrant workers suffer, but the farmers in Alabama lost millions of dollars. So it's going to not only affect uh, the Dreamers, but it's going to affect uh, the rest of the people of Southern California uh, because businesses are going to go out of business, uh, and it will be, you know, it just won't be the Dreamers who suffer the economic consequences. It will be everybody. Um, and, and, and with regard, um, to that in six months, is it, I mean, this immigration has been a very difficult immigration reform, you know, on, on a massive level, and this may not be, you know, as massive, but in a sense, don't they just have to get immigration reform done period and not just for, uh, you know, those who have been covered under DACA and can it be done in six months by uh, Congress, even though it's, a you know, a Republican majority, that, you know, Republican majority has many moderates in it who, you know, uh, favor DACA and feel very differently than the very right wing uh, facet of this uh, this uh, Republican Party. Well, you're right. The only way to real deal with this is for comprehensive immigration reform, which is what President Obama asked Congress to do back in 2015 when he signed the executive order. But Congress has sat on its hands. It's done nothing. Uh, and I'm hopeful, but not, uh, well, let me put it this way. Congress may do something in the next six months to restore this program, but I'm very pessimistic that it will. And, and you know, the other thing I think is important is DACA does not give these people citizenship. All it does is gives them a work permit to work in the United States. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't allow them to apply for citizenship. And when we look at what this program is, I mean, you know, look, either way, whether somebody is a kid who came here or an adult who came here, they're here. This is their home. This is what they've known. They've contributed positively, overwhelmingly, um, to our not only our economy, um, but the infrastructure, and I don't mean you know bridges and, and things like that, but the, the, the woven fabric, if you will, of the multiculturalism that the United States knows. Um, crazy question. Is this being done because dreamers will turn 18 and you know they're, they're afraid at, at some point with the pathway to citizenship, you know, they'll become citizens and, the, and they'll vote Democrat and, you know, just get them the, the, the hell out. Because quite frankly, even with with the pathway to citizenship, um, this could help Republicans with some of the Hispanic population. And that's the fastest segment growing, you know, fastest segment, uh, fastest growing segment of our population, including the voter population. Well, I think a good chunk of the Republican opposition is based on the fact that they realize if these people, the dreamers stay in the United States and become citizens, they'll vote Democratic. Uh, some of it, I just think, is is racial discrimination. Um, there are a lot of people out there who just don't like uh, Latinos or brown people or black people. We saw that in Charlotte's, uh, Charlottesville. So I think there's a race component to this. I think there's a political component to this. Uh, and I'm hoping that if there are a few rational Republicans uh, left in Congress, they'll join with the Democrats to restore the program in some form. Because, you know, I mean, let's say, I don't know how many of these 800,000 Dreamers are college graduates, but I bet you a couple hundred thousand are. And let's say we, you know, we take those 200,000 college graduates and send them back uh 
I was going to say where they came from, but they came from the United States when they were young children. Uh, you know, this is going to cause, you don't think that's going to hurt businesses in the United States if all of a sudden 200,000 college graduates disappear? That's crazy. I, I, I want to know, um, too, uh, you, you know, why, again, you know, what is the least disruptive option available? Because Trump pitched this as the least disruptive. I find this highly disruptive. Um, you know, I, I can't even imagine the anxiety that these dreamers are experiencing right now. Well, uh, I say, that, first of all, Donald Trump loves chaos. That's his element. Uh, that's why he causes it. Uh, now, the hopeful thing is that uh, before all this happened today, uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, said he favored some kind of uh, fix to the DACA program. Now, he didn't say how he was going to fix it, uh, but there some, are some Republicans who want to fix this thing uh, before chaos ensues. And hopefully there are enough Republicans like Ryan who will join with Democrats uh, to pass, uh, keep the program. I, I want to talk um, also about courts. There are those that say Obama overreached, and forgive uh, my ignorance because I just don't have everything off the top of my head. And running from TV to radio didn't have the time to research this one element and aspect of uh, DACA, so I don't have it off the top of my head, but you might know. Um, was this executive order uh, challenged in, in the courts at any level or made it, or even uh, to the Supreme Court. I say that because I know there were certain things within immigration that the Supreme Court either upheld or overturned that the president did or wanted to do, uh, even by means of executive order. Um, uh, but di- didn't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't DACA, when the president made his executive order regarding these dreamers, with, withstand the test of the courts? Well, uh, you know, again, President Obama said it himself. This is just a temporary fix. Uh, the president, I think, one, uh, the, the reason that President, president Trump did this today is that today uh, attorney generals from 22 different states were going to file a lawsuit against DACA in federal courts, which is why the president, this was his deadline today to do it. And he, You know, even a lot of liberals, you can only fundamentally change policy through a law passed by Congress. And so some people, including some liberals, said that it was overreach because the president fundamentally changed policy. And the people who were against DACA said this kind of program, if you want it, it has to be something that's passed by Congress and signed by the president in the normal uh, routine of things. And, again, that's what President Obama said back in 2015. This is a temporary fix. Congress needs to do something. Well, of course, Congress has sat on its fat butt ever since then and not even considered a comprehensive immigration bill or a fix for DACA. Uh, and the reality is you need comprehensive uh, immigration reform. You need a new law uh, to make DACA the law of the land. And um, speaking of uh, the law of uh, uh, the, the land, um, I understand. Maybe you didn't understand my question. Uh if the president had overreached, wouldn't any court or the Supreme Court have said, you know, you can't do this? I don't recall that taking place. 
Uh, no, because federal courts uh, only rule on cases that are actively being pursued in the court. Uh, and that's why, again, the deadline today, uh, 22 attorney generals filed suit against Docker or work today. And uh, so the Supreme Court has never ruled on this uh, because there's never been a case that's reached the Supreme Court. Uh, now, if this, uh, now uh, my guess is now that President Obama has killed DACA, someone is going to file a motion in federal court uh, to say that Trump's action is illegal. And so there will be a court case on this now. And, and this, this court case, let's talk about that. Um, uh, uh, Jeff Sessions said, the attorney general, the Department of Justice cannot defend uh, this overreach. And he also said that DACA would not be likely to withstand uh, any challenge uh, in uh, the court. Um, as a matter of fact, there is a threat from 10 conservative state attorney generals to challenge the program in court, according to senior administration officials who briefed uh, reporters uh, earlier today uh, when they were on a conference call. Um, so if we have that much pushback from 10 conservative states, I'm sure that there will be many other states like the one I'm sitting in and the one you're sitting in, uh, who attorney uh, generals there, um, will also um, you know, uh, threaten uh, court action. Uh, what have you heard from any of the legal analysts with regard to uh, Sessions saying it wouldn't withstand the court uh, challenge? It, it, you know, are there many people out there that feel strongly that it would? I hate to agree with our attorney general, uh, but he's probably right. Uh, I don't think DACA would have survived a court challenge uh, because basically the Constitution says Congress passes laws, the president administers them. And the uh, attorney generals you talked about are saying that uh, basically Barack Obama made a new law by executive action. And most people think that was unconstitutional. I think Barack Obama knew it was unconstitutional because he told Congress you got to get going on this. Well, well and it, but, you know, something that we have to look at, and I brought this up on Fox this morning, in an American court of law, if I commit a crime, let's say, okay, let's say I rob a bank. Okay, because this really happened, by the way. Let's say I rob a bank and I get my two kids to help me. All right. And they're nine and 10 years of age. That's how old my children are. Okay. And um, my children will not uh, be charged uh, with that crime um, because they are too young to truly know the difference between right and wrong, a court would say. And this has happened time and time again where somebody will say, pull the trigger. You know, so that they don't have their fingerprints on a gun. This happens all the time um, uh, throughout our country. Just watch ID Channel for crying out loud. And the children are not are not found um, to to be responsible for their actions because they're so easily um, swayed and they're vulnerable and they do what their parents tell them to do. So I'm kind of wondering what a court would say. Uh, let's take some more calls and let's go to Eric. Eric's in West Springfield. Uh, are you uh, uh, in line three? West Springfield, Mass or Illinois, Eric? Uh, Massachusetts, ma'am. Oh, hi. Oh, no, ma'am. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a homegrown. Hey, we're all from Massachusetts. Yes, we all are. All three of us here on the line. That's a frightening thing for some people, like in the South. And I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, uh, what's your question or comment? Um, basically, I had a couple of questions, um, but the first one I wanted to start with was, uh, so when Obama passed or wrote this executive order and put it into effect, he basically broke constitutional law, yes? 
Uh, most legal scholars think so, yes. Okay. So as the son of an immigrant who actually became a legal citizen here, what's to stop any of these people under DACA from going for their citizenship? By law, they cannot apply for their citizenship because DACA says they can't. All DACA does is gives them a work permit. It does not. It did not, and does not grant citizenship to these. To I didn't dreams. say. I'm sorry. Maybe you misunderstood. What I said was, why can't they apply for citizenship? Now I understand that it is a work permit. Allows them to stay. Go ahead. Because they, he said it would be uh, because they came here illegally. They would not be uh, – they could apply, but they would be denied. Yeah. But here's my question. So, so they came here illegally. That's the first thing. They're here illegally. We're both saying the same thing here? Oh, we – no – yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we only have uh, we only have a, a minute actually to this the, to, to the the shows over today. Uh, you know, Eric. So uh, you know, let, let, let's uh, get this uh, done. Um, All they, right, my bad. They came um, here illegally. Okay, let me see, Eric. Um, uh, you have parents, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, when you were six months old, did you go where your parents went because your parents were carrying you probably because you weren't walking, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so when if your parents Snug, smuggled themselves into another country illegally, and they're carrying you. Are you responsible for that? No, ma'am. But neither are the taxpayers. But the dreamers are. Well, how are the taxpayer? What are the taxpayers paying for? Unless these currently, are, unless currently these kids are going to public for, school. Currently, ma'am, we're paying for people to go to public school. We're paying for their health care. We're paying for their food and clothing. You're not paying for their uh, health care. Actually, you ma'am, you're, under you're Obamacare, pay, no, we are not, paying for their tax. You're not paying for their health. No, that is not correct. You cannot. No, that is not correct. Leslie, I gotta, this is the producer, Mark. i got to jump in with one yeah, wait, quick wait, wait, point wait. Mark, about Mark, taxpayers. Mark, my executive producer, wants to check it. Um, uh, this is the Cato Institute, so this is a very uh, conservative organization. The Cato Institute has said that uh, getting rid of DACA would hit the U.S. government by deporting taxpayers, and it would forecast a potential $60 billion loss in tax revenue and a $280 billion hit to economic growth over 10 years. So, that, I mean, that's the Cato Institute. So, I mean, the, the talking points, I, I just think, are inaccurate about the, the tax base. Correct. So my question is this. The base question is this. Why can't we get rid of the people who came here illegally and allow them to apply for their citizenship the way that they are supposed to. Because, the Eric, way that the, reality is, is much, the reality is, due to time, over 11 million people are in this country that came here illegally that are undocumented. We don't have the personnel, and we don't have the money and the means to do that. And the Republicans and the president know that. So no, these, these 800,000 of that 11 million are being used as scapegoats in a game that's political. They're pawns. Want to know the coolest thing about St. Pete Clearwater? We'll give you a hint. It's not the beach. It's Central Ave. This is St. Pete at its funkiest, foodiest, and most fun. It's where street art meets sidewalk cafes and one-of-a-kind boutiques, where everyone is welcome, even dogs, and where the coolest craft breweries meet the city's hottest nightlife. So think outside the beach, get to know St. Pete's coolest street, and experience centralav.com.
Want to know the coolest thing about St. Pete Clearwater? We'll give you a hint. It's not the beach. It's Central Ave. This is St. Pete at its funkiest, foodiest, and most fun. It's where street art meets sidewalk cafes and one-of-a-kind boutiques, where everyone is welcome, even dogs, and where the coolest craft breweries meet the city's hottest nightlife. So think outside the beach, get to know St. Pete's coolest street, and experience centralave.com.